You've tuned in to a podcast with Pastor O. Enjoy this message. First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 25 says this, that there be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. Um, this was Paul writing to the church of Corinth. And notice what he said, that there be no schism. Now, when I look at that word schism, let's look at it in the Greek so we can really understand what that word schism there means. The word schism means it means a split or a gap. It means division. So what Paul was saying, let there be no gap, let there be no split in the body that the members should have care one for another. Now, why is this important? Why is it important that we don't have any splits or any gaps in the, in the, in the body of Christ? Now, the scripture calls us as the church, we are also referenced as the body of Christ, we're members. So let's read Ephesians chapter four, verse 16, so we can understand our place as being members of the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter four, verse 16, it says, from whom the whole body, which we are, the body of Christ, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. So notice this, Paul was uh, giving further understanding that we are the whole body fitly joined together and compacted that every joint supplies. So let's go back to the word. If there is a split or a gap in the body, then that means what? There is a lack of supply. The, the word really gap here really jumped out to me and I looked at the definition and the word gap means an interruption of continuity. It means a break in a line of defense or to make something vulnerable. Anytime, you know, you'll hear the phrase, uh, there was a weak link or there was a, 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 uh, a weak link in the chain or there was a gap. What is happening? That means that there has been a separation. And so what Paul was saying is, let there be no schisms let there be no gaps. Let there be no splits in the body. Why is that important? Because we're members and every joint adds a supply. Notice the, the part, the last part of this, that the, as we as a body of Christ join together, we make increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So when we, the body of Christ, come together and we're unified and we are one, we make increase. You can't, there's a portion of increase that you will not receive apart from the body. He said here, let's read it again. Ephesians chapter four, verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by which that every joint supplies. There is a supply that every member has. So this really should get rid of the thought where the enemy tries to make anybody in the body of Christ feel insignificant. The Bible says every joint supplies. Every person in the kingdom of God has a supply and what the enemy wants, and I'm really seeing this, so this is more of a prophetic word to the body of Christ tonight. The enemy wants the body of Christ to be separated. He wants there to be a schism or a gap or a separation or a disconnection in the body. Why? Because if we're disconnected, then there's a supply from you that I don't receive. Now, let's read this um, out of the common English Bible, because I thought it was so good. Who is the head? Jesus. The whole body grows from him. So notice this. We grow from him, 
Jesus. So as we're connected to him, just you remember where the scripture says in John, he's the vine, we're the branches. So if we're the branches, how do we grow? We grow from the vine, right? So when we're connected to him, notice this, and as it is joined, it's held together. Notice this, the whole body grows from Jesus. And as we are joined and held together, we're joined and held together by the supporting ligaments or by the supply of the spirit or by the love of Jesus. The body makes itself grow in that it builds itself up. We are built up as the body of Christ as we come together. Every joint receives its necessary supply when the body is connected. I'm going to say that again. Every joint receives its necessary supply when the body is connected. Have you ever, um, it, you know, as a child, taken a leaf off of a, a tree or a leaf off of a branch? For a while, that leaf will remain green. Why? Because there's still some flow in that leaf. There is still supply. There's still some nutrients in that leaf. But as the leaf goes on, it begins to wither. Why? Because there is not a supply flowing to that leaf for it to continue to live. We as the body of Christ operate the same way. It is a trick of the enemy for us to get an offense in this hour. Why? Because it disconnects us from the flow. It disconnects us from the life of God. It disconnects us from, from the supply that we as believers bring to one another. Um, and the rest of that B part, it says, with love as each one of us does its part. So I'm going to read the, the, the full version. Um, Ephesians 4.16 out of the King in, uh, Common English Bible. Who is the head? Jesus. It says the whole body grows from him. So we grow from him as it is joined and held together by all the supporting ligaments. The body makes itself grow in that it builds itself up with love as each one does its part. Now notice that the body makes itself grow as it builds itself up with love, with love as each one does its part. When you do your part in the body, when you operate in love, you cause the body to grow. You cause the body to move. You cause the body to function. Now, I, I think this is very interesting. I want to say this statement. You cannot receive someone you're offended by. Oh, Lord. I'm going to say that again. You cannot receive from someone you're offended by. So the trick of the enemy in this hour is to get us offended. Why? He wants us offended so that there is not a supply. So there is not a flow. So whatever that person was to bring to your life or whoever they were supposed to be in your life in that season, he wants you to get offended. Now, I, this is something that I saw at uh, last night. It was quickened in my heart and I want to share it with you. The spirit of the Lord said this to me. He said, pay close attention to who the enemy wants you to get offended with in this season. Can we pause and say lie right there? I'm going to say that again. Pay close attention to who the enemy wants you to get offended with in this season. I'm going to say it one more time. Pay close attention to who the enemy wants you to get offended with in this season. Why? Because you cannot receive from someone you're offended by. Now, listen, y'all. In this season, 
I'm noticing that people are being are, are, are getting an offense with their pastors, with their spouse, with their boss, with their children, in friendships. We're even seeing where people are getting offended, even as it relates to race and racism. Pay attention to why he wants us to get offended. Because there is a separation, we're not able to receive from or, or, or gain the supply that's necessary for our next place. Do you know why God connected us as the body? Do you know why we're fitly joined together? Do you know why we're compacted? Because he, it was necessary for us to be connected in order to advance. Let me ask you this. Can your arm or your leg or your mouth or your eyes function without the rest of your body? No, try it. I want you to try to move your arm without the rest of your body moving with it. It can't. So if Jesus gave the analogy and he set the church up and he said, we are his body, then guess what? The body has to work together. This is why the love of God is so important. Why? Because uh, Galatians chapter five and verse six, it says, but faith which worketh by love. Now we receive everything in the kingdom of God by faith. But if our faith is not infused with the love of God, your faith becomes stagnant. So why is the enemy trying to get us divided in this hour? What, what, what is it? it? It's not just the supply. It's not just the flow, but it is so our faith is not working. It is not producing and it's not becoming effective in this hour. This is the hour your faith has to be working. It has to be fully functioning. Your faith can't be deficient in this hour because why? We're in a time now where you can't depend on society. You can't depend on the news. You can't depend on what's going on around you. So you have to receive of the kingdom of God. Your provision has to come from the kingdom of God. Your health, your healing has to come from the kingdom. So everything we receive has to be by faith. So the trick of the enemy now is let me get you disconnected. Let me keep you offended. Let me keep you in strife. Why? Because it cuts off the flow. Now, I want to say this too, because this is, this is vitally important. Be careful that you don't take up someone else's offense. Um, pay attention now, even on social media, as you're scrolling down the timeline, as you're hearing things on the news, as you're talking to your friends, as we're even in, you've got uh, the Republican uh, Party that just had their uh, uh, convention and the uh, Democratic Party uh, just had their convention. I think the Republican Party is actually going on now. And everybody is voicing their offense. Everybody is, I don't like this. I don't like that. Or you look at what's happening with police brutality. You're looking at what's happening with race and racism and people are voicing their offense. Be careful that you don't take up someone else's offense. Um, have you ever been good, been okay, been not stressed or not worried about anything? And you jump on Facebook or you jump on Instagram or you jump on these social medias or you get a call from somebody and they're offended about something. And before you know it, before you get off the phone, you riled up. I mean, you are worked. You are like, oh, that's right. I think they did that. You have taken up someone else's offense. Let me tell you why that's important. First Timothy chapter five and verse 22, the B part of that verse, it says, neither be a partaker of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure. 
Now, we in the body of Christ has taught uh, mostly the word pure means um, in sexuality, uh, being pure, being chaste, being holy as it relates to our physical body. But that word pure means unmixed. It means uncontaminated. Keep yourself uncontaminated. Listen, if you can't hear news or you can't watch something and it not bother you and you not get all worked up and angry and, and discontented, then you, then you might need to put a pause on, on your social media or, or cut it down. Why? Because in this season, the enemy wants you to get offended because it causes you a gap. You are separated. You become disconnected from the flow. You become disconnected from God's best. And that's where the enemy comes in. Again, Ephesians chapter four, verse 27, it says, neither give place to the enemy. Ephesians chapter four, verse 27, offense creates a gap by which the enemy has entrance. I'm going to say that again. Offense creates a gap by which the enemy has entrance, neither give place. One translation says, neither give him an opportunity. I'm going to read that. I wrote it down and um, I didn't plan to talk about it, but I did uh, write it down. And so I really shared that. It was so, uh, let me find it. I wrote it in my notes about that. Neither give place to the enemy. One second, because I got to read this. It was really, really good. Here it is, out of the Passion Translation. Ephesians 4, verse 27, out of the Passion Translation, it says, don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. Ooh, I'm going to say that again. Out of the Passion Translation, don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. The word manipulate means to negotiate control or influence of something or someone. It means to skillfully or deviously know, uh, to negotiate control or influence something, someone cleverly, skillfully or deviously to falsify for one's own advantage. That's what that word means, manipulate. Neither give place to the enemy. Don't give the accuser. Do you remember in Revelation chapter 12, it talks about the accuser of our brethren accuses us before God day and night. It says, but we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. That's Revelation chapter 12. Um, let me turn there real quick because I want us to uh, see this. Revelation chapter 12 and verse number 10. It says, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Notice this. And they overcame, verse 11, and they overcame him who, the accuser of the brethren, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved their life. Uh, their lives, they love not their lives into the death. Now notice this. He was saying the accuser of our brethren has a come down. He is ever accusing us before God day and night. When we join in accusation and we get to talking about others and we get to uh, riling on others or, uh, or, or saying negativity about others, we have joined the accuser of the brethren. He has manipulated us to join him in the accusation against the body. Is that not heavy, y'all? Think about this now.
the accuser of the brethren wants you to use your voice to help him in the accusation against another believer. This is why it says in uh, the Passion Translation, it says, don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. How does he manipulate you? He gets you offended. He gets you worked up. He gets you to take on the offense of somebody else. Like we said, be careful that you don't take on someone's offense. Be sure that you don't go into another man's sin, as it talks about in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 22. When you jump in a situation, and sometimes you can't avoid it, sometimes there are conversations that are happening around you, you know what you do? You say, guess what? We're going to believe the best of, of that person. We're going to pray for them. We're going to speak well of them. We're going to believe God's best. We're going to believe that God brings them out. Why? Because that's a seed sown. Anytime you sow a seed, the Bible says in Galatians, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. When you start sowing offense, when you start sowing slander, when you start sowing words of discontent against your brother in Christ, how about there's going to be a reaping day. The enemy will make sure that he uses somebody else to sow that same or for you to reap that harvest from somebody else, somebody else speaking negatively against you. And it causes there to be a gap. It causes the enemy to set up a wedge. In this hour, we have to maintain our love walk. No matter what you see, no matter what you hear, no matter what's going on around you, you've got to make up in your mind, I will remain in the love of God. I will not be disconnected from the, the goodness of God, the supply of God, the love of God, the flow of the spirit, because he uses offense to disconnect us. I want us to make this confession together. Say this after me. There will be no gaps in my supply. I remain in the love of God. Therefore, I qualify to receive the best that heaven has to offer. Let's say it again. There will be no gaps in my supply. I remain in the love of God. Therefore, I qualify to receive the best that heaven has to offer. When we remain in the love of God, do you know what it does? It keeps us in position. It keeps us in line to receive the God's best. We want God's best in this hour. We don't want second best, half best. We want God's best. And the only way we receive God's best is to stay in love. Listen, no matter what you see, no matter what's going on, stay in the love of God. Don't allow the enemy to manipulate you to get an offense, to get in strife, to get an accusation. I want to read this out of the book. Uh, I wrote this book called uh, Declare the Creator Man. Uh, make sure the Instagram sees it. There you go. Um, you can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. There is a part, there's a confession that says, I decree over strife. I want to read it for you. I resist all angry and violent struggle or any bitter conflict. I refuse to participate in trouble or discord of any kind. I will not allow competitive thinking or actions against other believers to have a place in me in Jesus' name. I make a choice to think and believe the best of every person. Psalms 119, 165 declares that great peace have I because I love his law and nothing shall offend me. I refuse to be offended. I refuse to carry hurt and pain from the actions of others. 
Peace is my portion. I cast down every thought or imagination that brings up accusations from my past. I release all wrongdoing done to me intentionally or unintentionally. Second Timothy 2.24 declares that the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach and patient. I am purified in the love of God and the fruit of love is abounding more and more in my heart each day. I will remain in love, think in love, act in love, and respond in love. The word is true in my life and effectually at work in my heart. This is a confession that you have to say. What you're doing, do you know in Ephesians chapter 6 how it talks about uh, the fiery darts of the wicked one? The fiery darts of the wicked one are thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. Um, uh, Reverend Doug Jones, in his book, um, Mastering the Silence Within, he began to share that revelation. And I want to add one other thing uh, that I believe that fiery darts are, their influences. You have to be careful of the influence of the enemy to get you an offense. Sometimes he will bring or present a thought um, or an idea or a suggestion or a, a conversation to get you to open your mouth in evil or open your mouth in degradation. When you do that, you are allowing the enemy access. Think about this. Every time we speak evil, we're giving the enemy access. Did not the Bible said every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of light, that whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning? Well, where does darkness and destruction come from? It comes from the enemy. John chapter 10, 10, it says the thief cometh not, but to steal, kill, and destroy. Anything that is destructive, anything that comes to destroy someone's character, destroy someone's name, anyone that comes to destroy a, a situation, it's of the enemy. It is diabolical. It is demonic. It is devilish. Now, listen what I'm saying. There is a righteous indignation. There is a righteousness. There is a caring and a taking up for the for the concern of those that have been wrongfully um, accused or wrongfully uh, mistreated. And so we speak uh, their, their, their peace. We speak their love. We speak goodness over them. But we don't come against their attackers or the people that have wronged them in a sense of, in a demonic type of way or in a devilish type of way, what are we praying for them? Father, we're praying the eyes of their understanding. We're praying, Father, that they are saved. Some people, we're wondering why they're doing these very devilish things. Sometimes it is a work of the enemy. Listen, some people are being oppressed by demonic spirits. Some people are possessed by demons. And so we have to pray for their deliverance not just joining the side of the accuser to say, man, I wish they receive uh, a judgment or I wish they die or, you know, whatever we may say. We have to pray. They're a lost soul. They need our prayers. There are a lot of people in this hour that need our intercession. They are not doing things on their own. There is the enemy trying to influence them, trying to get them to participate, trying to get them to kill and to murder, trying to get them to do harm to others. Our prayers is what causes them to come to their right mind. It's what causes them to come to their senses. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians, it said the God of this world have blinded the mind of those. The enemy gets on and he creates a veil over their thinking. And so people are a lot of times don't know why they're doing things. They don't know why they're participating in certain things. And we have to pray for them. We have to make intercession so that God can intervene. Your prayers give God access. 
when we walk in the love of God, we're giving God access. In this hour, the body of Christ, God needs access. He gets, he gains access through our words, through our prayer, and through us walking in the God kind of love. Then God can move in. Then God can make things right. This is where we call him the Lord Jehovah Tishtinu, the Lord our righteousness, or the Lord that makes things right. He is the one that fights our battle. He is the one that wins for us. But it's when we get on the side of God that we give him permission to move and to manifest. Notice this, even in our offense, could someone we're offended with, could they have something that was meant to bless us, but Satan wants to, us, us to miss out on it because of offense? Could God be using that person in our near future or to, to, to give us an opportunity to tell us about something? And because we're offended with them, we won't even hear from them. Even your pastors in this hour, some people have been so offended. I really felt this with their pastors, with their leaders, with the church. Listen, this is not the time to cut yourself off from the body of Christ. Listen, I know we haven't been in church in a while, but this is the time to get connected with the body of Christ. Those of you that are joining in the live, uh, we appreciate you. This is one way you stay connected. You need to hear the word of God. You need to hear and your spirit be infused with the love of God. You need to be infused with people that pray. We're going to pray tonight even before we get off here because this is what's going to cause you to be strengthened. This is what's going to cause you to stand in this hour. Listen, the enemy, uh, you know, I watch a lot of uh, animal documentaries. The, the It doesn't matter how vulnerable an animal is, as long as they stay in the pack. Listen to me. It doesn't matter how vulnerable a, a animal is, as long as they stay in the pack. Because what happens is the numbers of, of, of their pack, or so they may have antelope, or they have may have gazelle or deer, They'll get trampled because a lot of them have horns and different things. They'll use that as a defense against a lion, even though they're not as strong as a lion, even though they're by themselves, they're defenseless. But if they join together and they stay in the pack, they can outrun a lion. But if the ones that's trailing or the ones that's sickly or the ones that's separated from the pack, if there's a gap in, in their distance, guess who the lion is coming after? The one that's that that's afar off, the one that's 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 alone by themselves, the one that's hobbling along, the one that's been injured, and that becomes their dinner, that becomes their lunch. Listen, saints, in this hour, this is not the time to get offended. This is not the time for you to separate yourself from the church. It doesn't matter what you read in the news, it doesn't matter what you read about a pastor. It doesn't matter what you read about a minister. Listen, the word of God is still true. God is his character is not on the line for someone you read in the news. God is still who he said he is. The word of God is still true. The church is still a viable option. It is still a, a, a place of health. It is still a place. It doesn't matter who is, is, is shady in this hour. It doesn't matter what minister you hear about or read about that's not following the word of God. The word of God is still true. Don't you become offended with the church and the bond of Christ because what you're hearing and what you're seeing. We in the church, we need one another. We need to stay connected and stay full of the word of God because there's a, uh, there is a supply. I want to say one more thing and then we're going to pray tonight because I saw this, uh, which is, is so good. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 4 verse, 20, uh, 4, verse 16 uh, because I, I thought this was so good. It says, for whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted. Notice these two words, by that. By that, which every joint supplies. And I saw this last night and I said, man, that's good. 
The whole body is fitly joined together and compacted by us being fitly joined together and compacted. Every joint supplies by what? By us being fitly joined together and compacted by us being connected. That's where the supply comes by being fitly joined together and compacted. So ask yourself, have I been connected to the body of Christ this week? Have I been connected to the word of God this week? Have I been connected with people that pray? Listen, you got to, whatever your environment is, is what you're going to manifest. Whatever you spend time with is what you're going to see the fruit of in your life. If you're spending time with a whole lot of people that don't pray, guess what? You're not going to receive a supply of prayer. If you're hanging around a whole lot of people that's not walking in love, guess what? You're not going to receive a supply of love. You can only get a supply from the body of Christ who's fitly joined and compacted and who is going in the same direction that you're going. So make sure that you stay around people that are strong. Why? Because by you staying joined together and compacted, what does compacted mean? That means squeeze together, huddled up. Huddle up around the word. That means in your daytime, when you're maybe washing the dishes or when you're vacuuming, turn you on some a message of faith, turn you on some worship music. What are you doing? You're staying connected to the supply of God. You're staying connected to the things of God. That's where your supply is going to flow.